Greetings, everybody. Welcome to Grounding's episode five. Five episodes deep. That's pretty good. People are listening, which is good as well. Um, today we have, I'm quite excited about this. We have a special guest. Her name is Kelly Foster. I was wondering how to introduce her because she does so much stuff. And um, then we've just decided that I think she's going to introduce herself because I think she's going to do a better job than me. So, Kelly Foster, welcome. Thank you so much. Greetings and good day, everybody. Thank you for making me sound really efficient and busy. Uh, you are efficient and busy, um, especially in meetings, but we'll, we'll, we'll get back to that another time. For now, if you could just say a few words about yourself, because I don't really know where to start. You're kind of, you're pretty amazing. So, yeah, let them know. Uh, flattery will get you everywhere, as I keep reminding you. Um, yeah, so, uh, my name's Kelly Fuka, and um, I'm here, as I understand it, on Grounding today to speak a little bit about the work that I do in the open knowledge movement, on Wikipedia especially. Um, but I usually summarise myself in a sentence. I describe myself as a public historian, um, and that means that I do work both, that I define that, because the work I do is both in public and for the public, um, and mostly around looking at the past, uh, looking at history. That comes across in various different guises. That is um, working as a tour guide, doing walking tours around the streets of London and museums and galleries in London, especially looking at black history, women's history, working class history. That comes in the work that I do in the open knowledge movement, and we're going to expand in a little bit on that um, in our uh, conversation today. And that also includes the work that I do with community and independent archives as well. Wow. That summarise is amazing. And um, I did actually forget to say that you're, you're, not, you're not very well today, and I don't think anyone would actually know. You sound, you're doing a pretty good job of sounding well. So, yeah. I take all the sympathy that I can get. I, um, okay, from my point of view, from our point of view, I'm, so we're here today mainly to talk about open knowledge in Wikipedia. And that's partly because there's an event coming up in, is it next week? Next week, isn't it? Next Saturday at the Africa Centre where we'll be looking, pardon? I'll do. I'll do. Okay. I was gonna. Do, I was gonna do it at the beginning and the, and the end. And um, but I, yeah. So it's the twenty third of September, two thousand and eighteen. It's gonna be at the Africa Centre. Or if you're listening to this after, then it was at the Africa Centre, and you should have come. Um, <laughs> and it's about Wikipedia and dancehall, which might seem like a strange combination, but hopefully by the end of this little conversation, it will seem like a less strange combination um the reason that i we're interested in um open knowledge and wikipedia in particular is i mean partly for documentation because um i mean we're going to get into this a little bit more but um from what i see when we search things on google then um data can't get sucked straight out of wikipedia and presented to you um often as the top hit or sometimes it's just there even if it's not the top hit on the on the sidebar i think um so it's quite present and um sort of should be quite accessible but there's quite a lot of hidden biases that um i wanted to talk about a bit today so we're interested in looking at that so i guess wikipedia as documentation and also thinking about the biases involved in it which are 
numerous. Um, so I think I'm gonna ask. Is right? Can we get into this? Can I ask you some questions? Cool. <laughs> that sounds too excited. So uh, <laughs> um, I think I'm gonna start with the idea of open knowledge because I've got my own, you know, uh, feelings about this, but. Um, it would be good to start by understanding a little bit more about what open knowledge is and um, why you're interested in it. Okay, so um, I, almost most other people living in the West, uh, get a lot of my information uh, returned to me from a Google search. So, you know, if I'm, I was uh, having some conversations with friends yesterday about the fire at the National Museum in Brazil and I wanted to know more about the African objects and the Afro-Brazilian objects that uh, were destroyed in the fire and I did a quick Google search and um, what returned back to me or what returned back to me on Wikipedia anyway is very little information about the um, a how the fire affected Afro-Brazilian communities and their heritage and their memory and B about the objects that were destroyed in this um, uh, fire that completely incinerated this 200 year old museum and C I wanted to find out about the building itself the, the um, uh, imperial palace that the museum occupied I wanted to know who built the palace um, why it was built uh, where it was whether that was of any significance so anyway I trundle off along to Google I ask Google these questions and information comes back and um, what I found is that a lot of what was presented uh, both uh, uh, whether it be through Wikipedia or through Google um, really didn't accurately I think present the information or knowledge uh, information about the questions that I had um, my introduction to the open knowledge movement actually came along through attending a Black History Month editathon. So in the UK, Black History Month is held in October. So this was in 2012. I know the precise date, October 2012, uh, because there's photographic evidence. So as far as I'm aware, this was the first time there had been a Black History Month event in the Wikimedia community. And I went along to it. I learned how to edit and contribute to Wikipedia. And I probably didn't do anything about it for the next couple of years or so, because I had better things to do. And then I was uh, at a, um, a art exhibition at the Guildhall, an exhibition called No Color Bar, which was a, an exhibition about uh, black artists uh, from the 70s to the 80s. And I came across the work of an artist called Claudette Johnson, and I was really taken by her beautiful uh, portraits of uh, African women. And I wanted to find out more about her, but there was so little information about Claudette Johnson. Uh, so I set about writing one of the first Wikipedia articles that I did, which was on this artist, Claudette Johnson. And I think I, I banged out about three Wikipedia articles on black female artists, black women artists. Um, so my introduction to the open knowledge movement came through an exploration about knowledge that wasn't there in the places that I expected it to be. And then a growing awareness about the um, the impact that I as an individual could have in uh, plugging those gaps, but also in drawing attention to those gaps and those biases. Okay, um, I've got 
many questions from that, but the first two that come to mind for um, people that may not know, including me, um, what if you define open knowledge and define um, you mentioned Wikimedia community like it was a thing? Um, what what is the Wikimedia community? Okay, so if I could define open knowledge, and it is a broad church, so this is this is my perspective and my definition. Um, open knowledge is a growing movement to bring information uh, into the hands, the control, and the ownership of the people. So that's done in various different ways. Some of it is done through campaigning for any government or publicly funded uh, academic research to be publicly accessible and not stuck behind a very expensive paywall that only um, well-resourced, uh, rich universities and, and academics can access. Down to um, projects like Wikipedia, which is a open, uh, free encyclopedia. So free, both meaning that it's, it can be used um, it can be used even if you do not have the copyright to that information so it can be used reused and republished just as long as you attribute we as you say where you got it from and free also meaning that it doesn't cost any money which is really important um, and then there are also additional movements like creative commons which is about um licensing the uh content that we have online a suite of different licenses that we can use to say how we want people to use reuse and republish the content that we create and put online this is especially important because we are firmly stuck in the digital age uh, but the all the ordinary biases and kind of silos of ownership that exist in the real world so that is with the majority of knowledge control of that knowledge that resource and access to that knowledge is held in in the Western world, in in the parts of the world that were the imperial capitals, the open I see the open knowledge movement as an important um, device, as an important tool for broadening it out and for increasing access to and equality within knowledge production and. Um, uh, knowledge consumption and we're all consumers of knowledge we're all consumers and producers actually of knowledge and information you know we're all walking around with these little um computers in our pocket that we use to record and document our world our communities our languages um, but yet still the control of it and the ownership of that content that we're creating is um is uh, controlled and owned by a very few very powerful corporations okay um and before I get back to the get back to that, the second question was, what was the Wikimedia community? Right. So as I as I was talking about corporations and their proliferation online, online Wikipedia. So the, the top in the UK, for example, um, Wikipedia is in the top ten of websites in the United Kingdom. It's one of the only two not-for-profit uh, websites. The the other one in the UK is the BBC. So when you think about kind of some of the most popular uh, websites in the UK, it includes Google, uh, .co.uk, includes Facebook, it includes Twitter, Instagram, BBC's website, uh, and Wikipedia, this part of the internet that so many of us take for granted, uh, but is a encyclopedia that we can all contribute to. Wikipedia is a top non-profit non website, which for me is very important. 
when you look globally now at the top 10 websites around the world, Wikipedia usually appears in the top five of, uh, of most countries. And again, it is usually the only not-for-profit website in the top 10 globally. Almost every other way that we connect with the internet and that we use the internet is created to make as much money out of us as possible. Uh, and in that, um, that can lead to an amplification of the biases that are already presented online. Where I'm most concerned, I'm an I'm a African woman, I'm a black woman, and where I'm most concerned is how biases against the um, uh, African communities in the diaspora, how that is represented and, and, and who controls and influences that information. Um, so the work that I do through Wikipedia, through this online, um, online uh, free encyclopedia is mostly not only but it's mostly about African heritage people and um, Wikipedia is probably the most visible part of the Wikimedia family um, um, but there are other projects as well there's Wikimedia Commons which is a repository for hosting open license files so music files uh, video files image files that anybody can use without having to pay a huge license fee just as long as they follow the criteria as outlined by the person who created that information. Uh, Wikidata, which is an open linked database, uh, which is especially important as we're moving not only from the digital age, but also in the date, into the data age. And as more and more of our, um, uh, of our tools and the way that we connect with the digital world is done through, uh, is done through data and metadata. Um, and yeah, so they're, they're the three most prominent projects uh, within the Wikimedia family. I should also say that Wikipedia is in 300, I think just over 300, 301, I think, at the last time I checked, different languages, um, including a number of um, African languages and a number of Caribbean Creole languages as well. So I mostly edit in the English Wikipedia and I edit a little in the Jamaican language Wikipedia as well. There are uh, the three Creole languages that I'm aware of on Wikipedia, there's a Haitian Creole, there's a Papiamento, and there is a Jamaican uh, or Patois uh, Wikipedia, uh, language Wikipedia as well. Okay. So if, yeah. Sorry, so you were going to say? You were saying... Oh, yes. So, you know, for, for me, uh, editing Jamaican language Wikipedia is a way for me to build my literacy in the Cassidy orthography. Uh, which I can talk a little, when we talk about dancing, we can talk a little bit about that. But it's also um, a way to, to build a encyclopedia uh, that represents a Jamaican view of the world, uh, but also in the language that is spoken by Jamaican people, uh, um, you know, our, our, our nation language. Uh, and that's, for me, is a really powerful thing. So you don't have to look elsewhere. You don't have to look to the dominant or look to, to the colonial language as the repository of all information and knowledge we can we can use our nation language that is powerful um so just before we move on so the wikimedia community are so there are there people like yourself that contribute to these various um parts of the wikimedia family is that correct yeah right. yes so i think for well, many people wikipedia is a kind of mysterious website and they, it's not always clear how uh, content gets added to it and content gets added to it by folk like me um, 
who there are hundreds of thousands of volunteers all around the world uh, all contributing to Wikipedia. It is uh, probably one, it's the largest encyclopedia to have ever existed. And it is probably uh, one of the largest crowdsourced volunteer projects in the world to date. Uh, to give you an idea of the scale of it, um, English language Wikipedia has just over five and a half million different articles. So, uh, you know, I'm a, I work in the humanities, so I tend to uh, stick around the articles around culture and history. But when you think about how um, articles around science and engineering and geology and astrophysics are represented on Wikipedia. So it's not only um, the, the uh, history and culture and the kind of humanities that are there. All these different aspects of human knowledge are represented. Okay. Um, yeah, so there's hundreds of people all around the world working in uh, hundreds of different languages, um, working in different aspects. Some people contribute just by going around and correcting typos. Uh, some people contribute by creating new articles. Some people contribute by linking articles together. So there's lots of different ways that people can contribute. So let's um, talk a little bit about bias, because you, when you were kind of explaining before, you were talking about, I guess, corporate domination of the internet in some way um and it's you know it sounded like w the wikimedia family might be i think an antidote is probably the wrong word but maybe it's a different approach but then my understanding is that there's certain biases that are kind of reproduced on those platforms at the moment too so can we talk a little bit about that so yeah wikipedia reflects society, reflects global society. So it carries within it all the biases that global society has. Possibly the most visible or the easiest to measure and to, um, uh, to put some kind of quantitative figures behind is the gender bias or what's referred to as the gender gap in the Wikimedia community. And that is that um, out of in, on English Encyclopedia, out of all of the uh, biographical articles, so all the articles about people, only 18, 1.8% of them are about women. That also is represented in who is creating Wikipedia. So I think it's estimated in the English language Wikipedia, about 87% of the editors, the people that contribute, are men. So when you have half of the world's population uh, that are women um, being represented and written about mostly by the other half of the world's population, um, that means uh, that, that those biases are then represented in the encyclopedia. So, and Wikipedia editors often write about what they personally are interested in. Um, so we have um, lots of articles of good quality, thorough articles about Simpsons, episodes of The Simpsons or um, types of battleships or Britney Spears albums but to find uh, good quality articles about um, Africans who liberated themselves from slavery are, are few and far between um, uh, so those are those are some of the, the key ways that biases are represented and then when you look again at geographic biases most of the editors in Wikipedia are from the, the, the Western world or from the wealthy global north as it's called or the Western world mostly um, um, European mostly Christian so the global south and that is also in inverted commas is 
uh, less represented than the global north. Um, and um, and the narratives about the global south are usually the narratives of the European colonial uh, powers and neo-colonial powers in the global south. Um, and then if we bring that down to a bit more focus on the African continent, um, to a couple of anecdotes that I, I find really useful in, in trying to um, trying to visualize what this means. So there are more articles about the country, the European country of the Netherlands than there are about the entire continent of Africa. There are more articles on Wikipedia about the European country of the Netherlands there are than there are on the entire continent of Africa. Wow. Another one is that there are more um, articles connected to geographic coordinates about the uninhabited continent of Antarctica than there are about the continent of Africa and the entire wow. continent of Africa. So um, there are a number of initiatives to uh, focus on addressing uh, the gap in how information about Africa and Africa is represented. There's amazing work being done on the continent with incredibly active user groups in uh, Nigeria, uh, Ghana, South Africa, Zambia, Tunisia, Egypt, um, all over the, the continent. Uh, Botswana is very active as well. Um, so Africans are doing incredible work to both working in their uh, in their indigenous languages as well as in um, the dominant languages in those regions as well. Um, and then in the diaspora, the key initiative that I'm involved with is a project called Afro Crowd. Afro Crowd started in 2015 in New York, um, and it came. It came. The impetus came from a Serbian Wikipedian, actually, who was going. And a Wikipedian is somebody who contributes to Wikipedia. A Serbian Wikipedian who was going to these global meetings that happen once a year, and was wondering why there wasn't there weren't any African Americans in the American delegation of uh, editors. And uh, so he. Um, contacted and got involved with a, uh, a community organizer in New York called Alice Backer. Um, and Alice uh, became the leader of AfroCloud, which is about getting more African heritage people contributing to Wikipedia and understanding what it is. Um, and the project that we're doing on this side of the pond in uh, in the UK is uh, um, uh, under, the, under the umbrella of AfroCloud UK. Um, and it's about doing what I can from, uh, from, where, from where I am in the UK. And that is about raising awareness within um, African heritage communities in the UK about uh, Wikipedia, about what they can do to contribute to it. And for me, Wikipedia is also a useful way to explore parts of our culture and history. So we're about to embark on this incredibly important project looking at Dartall, uh, an aspect of the Jamaican culture that so many people around the world are familiar with, uh, listen to, shack out to, enjoy, but very few are unaware of the significance and of the kind of broader cultural, historical, social uh, roots and importance of dancehall music, uh, dancehall personalities, um, and of course, dance as well. So I'm really looking forward to what we're going to be doing next week. I'm looking forward to it too. Um, question though, um, for people that are maybe suspicious, so they, so say for example, you know, you've you heard what you heard what you said, and they're like, okay, I can see the point of um, being more represented, but then 
ultimately what exactly am I contributing to um, you know what would you say to a suspicious person who maybe doesn't is, is concerned about giving their time up for free um, to contribute to a we uh, call it a database I'm not sure a resource let's say that um, that may I mean because my my understanding is that although initiatives like Afrocrad exist it's still a very kind of um, Eurocentric sort of situation at the moment within the the community so then what would you say to somebody like that um when I look at the impacts that one editor can have, so one of my mentors is a, well, I don't know if they know that they're my mentor, but I look up to them enormously. One of my mentors is a African woman who uh, is at the, uh, hugely respected in the UK and is at the top of her field. And she edits Wikipedia as a hobby on the side. And she has created or significantly contributed to more than 400 articles about African literature and Black British literature. Wow. Um, yeah, almost, and, and, and uh, Black British jazz as well. W one of my key drivers is um, the realization that if I don't do it, then it will not be done. And also the awareness of how people see Wikipedia as authoritative. The amount of times that, you know, somebody has tried to prove a point to me, you know, when having a discussion on WhatsApp and has gone to Wikipedia and sort of done a screenshot of, uh, of part of an article and they've used that to sort of make their case. Mm -hmm. That's when I really understand the power of Wikipedia, but also the power of your community's knowledge, your community's achievements, your community's uh, culture and languages not being represented in a digital space. We're going into a time now when so much of how we interact with the real world is going to be shaped by artificial intelligence, shaped by um, uh, devices that speak to us in languages that aren't represented in our households. And all of this is going to be shaped, all of this is shaping the way that we mediate the outside world. And all of that is contact and content that doesn't come from the cultures that I'm familiar with. So um, uh, I'm, I'm trying to do my small part from where I am to contribute to a could contribute to platforms like Wikipedia being truly representative of the communities and cultures of the world. Um, so I'm trying to do I'm trying to do it from where I am in my little corner of the world. Um, for me, for Wikipedia, the fact that Wikipedia is open and anybody can use it and reuse it is very important to me. Uh, and a case in point, an example of this is during the uh, Ebola crisis, which I guess we're, we're still in the aftermath of right now, um, when this um, uh, natural disaster, this disease was ravaging huge parts of West Africa. Wikipedia, uh, as a source of medical information, was oftentimes the only free source of information, free meaning people didn't have to pay money for it, it wasn't behind a paywall, free source of medical research, up-to-date medical research that was being used by medics on the ground treating in the Ebola crisis. 
it's also saves lives as well and there are other projects that are solely about the kind of uh, med how medical research is um, kept up to date on Wikipedia because of course that is life and death matters uh, in how medical research is represented but also it's also about um, making a claim to make sure that our uh, make sure that the scholarship and the research and the intellectual um, traditions and heritage of African heritage people is also represented in those spaces. Uh, because what is accessible, what is easiest, what's the lowest hanging fruit is um, Western knowledge, is um, Western academic uh, knowledge. And to find uh, knowledge from other communities, uh, from other societies in other languages is often more difficult. So one of the things that I'm working, uh, I'm about to work on uh, this afternoon is, I think I might have mentioned this at the beginning, is the uh, article on the National Museum in Brazil, which had the fire. The building that the National Museum in Brazil uh, was in, this 200-year-old imperial palace, was created by a one of the largest uh, slave traders in Rio de Janeiro. Uh, let me see if I can get his name right. Elias, um, Elias Antonio Lopez. And he gave that palace, he gave his palace, his building to the uh, imperial family in Brazil when they uh, were moved from Portugal to Brazil during the Napoleonic War. That history of the man who built that building and the labor that created that building is completely um, missing from uh, the, uh, the English language Wikipedia article. So I'm gonna go in and put that in this afternoon. Um, and I'm also gonna try and add some content about the African and the Afro-Brazilian objects that were destroyed in the fire as well um in the articles um about the fire at the national uh, museum in brazil so those and i'm able to do that now i've, I've got the uh, wikipedia relies on citation this isn't original research that i'm doing there's already been um, a significant amount of academic research into uh, elias antonio lopez so i'm going to be using some scholarly articles in order to um to do a wikipedia article about him so to make it clear that we're the uh, where the capital and the labor that created these uh, and the content that created this museum uh, came from. Um, uh, yeah, and that's something that I can do. I can, I can give an hour, an hour and a half of my time and, and have that immediate impact um, into um, how people perceive uh, a big event that's been covered all around the world, but where in the UK anyway, a lot of the press in the UK has been more or less silent about those aspects of it. Okay, so potentially quite powerful then. Hmm. It is definitely very powerful. Okay, um, we, we, you, you skipped over dancehall and we should probably talk a little bit more about that, I think. Um, yeah, we should talk about dancehall mainly from the perspective of thinking about um, I guess text versus non-textual forms of representing things and thinking, because that's partly why we're interested in looking at, um, at our event next week or if you listen to this after the, our event that you missed that you should have come to, um, that's partly what we're interested in is looking at um, non-textual representations as well and what that means on a platform like Wikipedia so it would be interesting to 
spend a few minutes just kind of talking through that a little bit because that's something that we're particularly interested in and um, we've spoken about at length. Okay, so Wikipedia is almost exclusively text. There's, you know, very small amount of video and um, some still images. Um, and what that means is that the knowledge that is represented can only be transmitted in only one way, which is, uh, you know, in, in English, in the case in point of English Wikipedia, and, uh, and obviously requires a certain level of literacy in order to understand and read. And really, can you really um, transmit the type of knowledge represented in a dance form in performance in the body through text? So we're about to start on a little bit of an experiment to see if we can uh, video um, a few uh, dances, a few Jamaican dances. We're going to make a stab at doing some uh, more traditional or folk dances and some um, dancehall dances as well. Um, and producing some GIFs or small, small vi short videos that can be embedded in the Wikipedia article um, on those dances. Uh, and I'm really excited because I think one of the things that the, the Wikipedia articles on dancehall dancing isn't, they aren't great quality articles anyway. Um, but one of the things that I'm most excited about is thinking about how the short footage of the dancers dancing can help to illustrate the African roots of these dancehall dances and moves uh, and, and can illustrate that perhaps in a way that text, uh, that writing wouldn't be, wouldn't convey in such a direct, uh, a direct way. Yeah, that's pretty important. Um, but when we were sp we spoke earlier in the week about this, and were you saying, forgive me if I've made a mistake, but you were saying that there's quite a, there's a number of either pictures, I think I don't know, it's videos. I think it was pictures for I guess African rooted forms that are, that there's no sign of an African person of African heritage in that picture at the moment. Is that correct? Is how I got that right? Yeah. So there's a, there's a there's an article about dancehall. And there is uh, a section about, uh, what's the section called? Culture, dance or culture. And um, the article, the illustration that's, that's um, the illustration that is, or the photograph that is illustrating it is of a woman um, at a festival in, at a holy festival in the Netherlands, I think it's okay. in the So Holly is a festival that's celebrated by uh, Indian Hindu communities all around the world. They also do a similar, uh, where you throw coloured paint at each other. And I yeah. think because whoever chose that article decided that she was dancing in a way that depicted dancehall, that they're using it for that article. But it, she's not dancing in a... I don't know whether she is African descended, but she's also not performing a dance hall, a, a, a kind of precise dance to do with dance hall. And even then, the festival that they're at is a holly festival, and there's even a guy playing like a uh, a bangra drum next to her. Okay, so, so let's let's get into this a bit. Say so you come to the article now, and you're like, okay, I'm not sure about this. I I think that. Um, 
because I understand with the text, then you can, I believe you can make edits or suggestions. How does that, well, maybe I don't understand. How does that work when somebody's written something or uploaded something and you're like, no, that's that's not, so that's I not could, doing it. I could take that photograph off. Um, I would need to justify why I was doing it, uh, but I would prefer to take that photograph off and replace it with something. Okay, so then what happened to the person that put that photograph up? I mean, what what what, what, what happened to them? They would have to justify put while they while why they were reverting my change. Okay, um, and if that kept going back and forth, you can only do that I think three times in a day. It would go to what's called a request for comments, in which people within the community would all have a say on what the image should be. An interesting example of this is the article about humans. And they were looking at images that they would use to depict humans. Uh, and so there was a long, you know, Wikipedia, the decision-making on Wikipedia is done by consensus, which is why it's important that, you know, um, so that people from all different parts of the world, all, all different worldviews and cultures participate especially in in illustrating an article about humans uh, which you know can only have a, a small amount of of photographs but is seeking to represent all humanity all over the world um and you know they eventually arrived on uh, an image of uh, a man and a woman uh, agricultural workers from southeast asia to um, illustrate this, not be the sole illustration, but be one of the key, the key photographs used on the article about humans. But because there are so few people participating in creating content about dancehall, uh, for example, um, means that the, con the quality of the article perhaps isn't as good as it could be. So one of the things that I'm most excited about in working with people uh, like uh, leading scholars in, in, in dancehall and dancehall culture, like H. Passen, uh, like Professor Cooper, is um, raising awareness about how their work, how their academic work can have a broader impact into a platform like Wikipedia, which is used by uh, people all over the world. Um, not only That's through the power of citation, as you mentioned through before. Is that right? Through the power of citation, yes. Yeah, so Wikipedia runs I, through two key sort of fuels. One is the fuel of volunteer time and labour, which we've spoken a little bit about, and the other is through the power of the citation. So uh, we, we are not writing what we know on Wikipedia. I'm not writing what I know original research about dancehall. I am always aiming to cite. Uh, already published work about dancehall um, and of course Carolyn Cooper was at the vanguard of that scholarship and Jamaican scholars full stop really have been at the forefront of writing about the significance of dancehall and dancehall culture and we could do a better job of writing their uh, their scholarship into uh, the articles um, about dancehall on Wikipedia. So that is one of the key things uh, that I'll be uh, attempting to achieve with our event. Okay, um, we've been talking for a while and I'm conscious that you're not actually feeling 100%. So I think my last question is just for the people that do get to listen to this this week before the event on Saturday, the 23rd of September 2018 at the Africa Centre in London. Um, what, um, what can they expect when they come to the event in, in terms of the, you know, the, the Wikipedia 
part of things? Like, what kind of things are we going to be going through? So, we're, do bring along your laptop or your tablet or your phone because we'll be attempting to at least give you an introduction into how, we, how to edit Wikipedia. I think we're seeing this as very much an introduction to that you can build on if it's something that piques your interest. This will be the first of a number of workshops happening this year that Afro Crowd will be hosting. We hope to be doing something with um, the uh, June Giovanni's Pan African um, Film Archive around African cinema. Uh, I hope to be doing something with uh, Plain Sight Sound, which is an initiative about African heritage um, classical composers and musicians. Um, so there'll be a number of different things happening this year that Afro Crowd will be uh, will be taking forward. Hang on a second. Hang on. Hang on. We're already in. Oh, we're in September. That's, well, that's, that's, month, that, sounds month, like, month. that sounds like an exciting kind of end-of-year schedule you've got planned. That's great. Yeah, the, next, the next six months will be taking us through to maybe like February time. Uh, we'll hopefully aim to have at least half a dozen events by February 2019. Excellent. And okay. some of them are going to be more um, uh, presentations. Some of them are going to be more workshops. But all aiming to kind of take us on a journey where we are building our skills, our knowledge, our interaction, both in creating content on Wikipedia and, you know, if you want to, interacting with the wider uh, wider community. Um, uh, and also with the wider Afro Crowd community. So Afro Crowd is uh, um, based in uh, New York, but they do work, work all over the United States and are now beginning to do work in... Um, uh, in Portugal, in Spain, in Brazil, in North Carolina. So all of that is going to be going on for the next um, for the, the, the next few months. And hopefully by the time we get to the, what the UN has called the end of the uh, international decade for people of African uh, descent, we'll have a nice network across the diaspora of people that are working uh, on these initiatives. Um, and also there are opportunities connect to connect with Wikipedians on the continent as well, which uh, which I enormously look forward to. Um, uh, and, and to me, it's very much a way of of addressing um, the continuity of uh, African intellectual traditions and knowledges, uh, both on the continent and in, in the diaspora, and and making that and getting that represented on the platforms that we have in the digital age. Wow. Kelly? Yeah. Thank you very much. That has been um, a lot of food for thought. Um, yeah. So I, well, we look forward to seeing you next week. Um, and where can people find you when, if either if they miss you this week or if they're just interested in knowing about more, like, have you got any links or um, things that you'd like to pick up? So Afro Crowd UK is very early doors right now, so we haven't got our website sorted out, but you can get to me online on Twitter or Instagram. My uh, Twitter handle is London Labrish. So London, L-O-D-L-O-N-D-O-N-L-A-B-R-I-S-H. Ironically, I don't labrish that much, but you can, reach, <laughs> you can reach me on Twitter and Instagram there, or you can reach me uh, via my website, which is kellyfoster.co.uk, K-E-W-Y-F-O-S-T-E-E-T-E-R.co.uk. 
Fantastic. And um, for people that are hearing this for the first time and don't have a clue who DTA are, you can find us at decolonizingthearchive.com or on Instagram and Twitter at DE underscore archive. Don't really do Facebook very well. Need to work on that. Don't know. Facebook, me and Facebook don't get on. But that's a bit. Yeah, the two, it's a horrible interface, man. But it's a horrible interface. Anyway, so yeah, so Twitter, Instagram, and a website. And if you're looking to come to this event, which you should be, we've got um, the dance workshop. There is a panel discussion. There is a lecture from H. Patton, which will be very, very interesting. And of course, Kelly Foster will be there also teaching us, schooling us in the art of, um, I don't want to call it Black Wikipedia, but it just came to me. So there it is. Uh, so I will see you next time thank you for listening and goodbye later bye Yeah.